Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kitchen Table Conversations. Thanks so much for sharing space with us again today. I'm so thrilled because today I actually have a a guest presentation. So today we're going to talk about complex neurodevelopmental disorders, but specifically around fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and impulsivity. Now, there are many reasons why people can struggle with impulse control issues, but um, and so the strategies and what we're discussing today are real and apply to everyone, but they might be a little bit more intense with people who have complicated mental health and neurodevelopmental conditions. So we'd like to kind of focus on that. And impulsivity and executive functioning continue to be pretty significant areas of challenge for people who experience the impact of prenatal alcohol exposure on the day-to-day. I happen to work with individuals who really struggle with impulse control issues on a regular basis. And I work with one particular youth who kind of summed up impulsivity in a way that's really way better than I can ever describe it. So um, a little backstory here is that I was discussing with this young person how sometimes, you know, we make decisions too quickly and we're sorry for them. Sometimes we say things and we wonder, what the heck, why did I say that? That kind of hurt somebody's feelings. And sometimes, you know, we can get ourselves into a bit of trouble um, with not being able to see the consequence for our actions and acting before we have a chance to really think it through. So in this particular case, we were talking about how sometimes there can be incidences where a credit card is used um, that doesn't belong to him and without permission. Um, And sometimes some impulsive online shopping may take place. And so as one can imagine, this is a bit of a problem. And it's a problem that I hear about fairly regularly. And the interesting part about FASD is that individuals who struggle with impulse control issues have a firm grasp of the rules. So they know not to be stealing from one from other people, um, yet in the moment they're unable to grab on to that rule or to be able to stop themselves from taking the shiny thing that appears interesting or, you know, saying something, blurting it out before thinking about uh, what would be in their best interest. So this, you know, kind of can, again, become a bit of a problem. And it's pretty real. So when I was discussing the risks associated with impulsivity with this young person in particular, I was saying things like, you know, sometimes we make decisions that we're sorry for shortly afterwards. Sometimes we do and say things and we go, what the heck? I shouldn't have done that. And sometimes we're even surprising ourselves with it. So for example, when you use somebody's credit card that doesn't belong to you and maybe do some online shopping. And in this case, this particular person says, oh no, I would never shop with somebody else's credit card. And then I kind of had to gently remind this person of a time where this had happened and maybe another time where something else was purchased. And then he's like, oh yeah, okay. When I make a mistake, sometimes that happens, but I would never intentionally use somebody else's credit card and do some online shopping. So for them, they were able to kind of detach from the behavior, which is sort of beautiful because they knew that their character would not willingly or knowingly, you know, take something that didn't belong to them. 
So then I went on to to discuss how sometimes our impulse control button works perfectly in our brain and that there are other times when we just can't always count on it. So we have to figure out strategies and develop a bit of a circle around us and some, you know, environmental changes that would make it so that we're safe from making some of those poor decisions or decisions that might get us into a lot of trouble. For example, if the credit card that was used belonged to a neighbor or a teacher at school, then this could result in criminal charges. But in this particular case, it uh, it involved family members, so there was an ability to sort of problem solve and keep this within the family and figure out some solutions that were workable. Not without frustration and confusion and, you know, strained relationships, mind you. So during my discussion around impulse control issues, then I shared another example of where another individual that I have known over the years um, had difficulty when shopping in a mall. And sometimes there would be things that would come home that weren't paid for. And so the caregivers in this particular case were really creative and developed a plan with the young person because the young person did not want to be stealing did not want to be considered a thief or somebody who was untrust or not trustworthy so what they did was they created shopping pants whereby the pockets were sewed tightly so every time this person would take something off the shelf potentially and go to put it towards the pocket that would be the cue to say no I have not paid for this I can't take it so just that pause could be very very helpful in leading people to make the decision that's more in line with their values I work with other individuals who have learned from a variety of sources and not from home, but they've learned some pretty aggressive communication skills that sometimes can get them into a lot of trouble. And sometimes they can learn this communication from video games, from movies, uh, from online involvement. And this kind of thing can be quite influential, especially on a dismature brain and with somebody who has impulse control issues. So sometimes this means that people speak without thinking and the consequences and you know, unfortunately, we all sort of identify with our behavior in in terms of who we are or who we think we are and how we define our character. So individuals really struggle with this kind of impulsivity issue um, and making decisions that they're not really proud of. And they end up feeling pretty badly about themselves and sometimes the chaos and the conflict that results. So in our sessions, a lot of times I'm trying to help people to understand that, of course, they're responsible for what comes out of their mouth, but it's not necessarily something that they can control with ease so that we have to take some time to offer themselves self-compassion and to be open to creating an environment full of people who can be helpful to them in terms of, you know, ways to better control their impulses and to utilize strategies that can help them to plan for more success. And this is certainly possible, but it's more possible with increased awareness, with actually embracing some of the difficulties rather than trying to pretend they don't exist, and with treatment and with parent education and support, and sometimes this also involves accommodations made within the school system, potentially, and having just more people around them who are inclined to um, offer compassion and tolerance for people who make very quick decisions that are not going to serve them well. I'm working with another young person who's feeling pretty terrible about some of the conflict that she's recently got herself involved in with some family members. And she can't help but think that if they just recognize that sometimes her brain 
works too quickly and she says things that she's later you know sorry for or later she realizes I shouldn't have said that you know to that person that was that was hurtful or it was a little too close to home etc etc but this person can't help but feel that you know if if she didn't have this FASD condition this wouldn't have happened and because it is a developmental disability we do need to think about that in terms of compassion and empathy and understanding that this was beyond the person's control so let's work with it and judge less harshly so now i invite you all to listen how shannon a person with lived experience can describe the implications of impulsivity in such an eloquent um, and thoughtful ways. So I invite you to to tune in and then also head over to the website for some tips and strategies to support impulse control issues and to learn a little bit more. And as always, you can reach out to me personally through my website if you'd like to learn more or connect with us directly to discuss in a little more detail. Hi there. My name is Shannon and I'm here to talk about my perspective of FASD as an adult who was recently diagnosed at age 33. I am proof that life with FASD can be beautiful with the right supports and therapy like DBT and compassionate trauma-informed approaches. Since I was trained in leading yoga and guided meditation, I'm going to take you through this presentation the best way that I know how. So I'd like to start by asking you to close your eyes if you could. You can just let any background noises fall away so that you're left with only your own being and my voice. Take a breath. And let your exhale go all the way out. And know that you're safe here. Try to recall the most impulsive thing you've ever done. Truly impulsive, not planned out, not researched, not something you mulled over for months in the back of your mind before you finally jumped. Maybe you splurged on some new boots. Maybe you booked a last minute vacation or perhaps you skipped the gym and got your favorite meal instead. Allow that memory to play across your closed eyelids. And notice any feelings that arise around it. So we're not here to judge those feelings. We're here to observe. So what feelings came up and did they make you anxious? Do you feel filled with regret at your impulsivity? Or are you happy with the decision that you made? Happy with those new boots? Or perhaps it was a choice that you were like, okay, this is okay this time. It's not something I'm going to do on a regular basis. So whatever the feelings there, they're okay. Let them go. And just keep a pin in those in the back of your mind. So now I'll ask you to recall the last impulsive thought that you didn't give into. So you didn't give into this impulsive thought. It could have been the same instance as before. So maybe you didn't get those boots or you wanted to skip the workout class, but you still went. 
maybe you were trying to do something on your cell phone, but it glitches out and you just want to throw it across the room and stomp on it, but you don't. Maybe you wanted to scream at the telemarketer that called or tell your kid that there are such things as stupid questions, but instead you stayed quiet. Now let that memory flood your mind and watch what plays out because of your working impulse control. Watch what happens because you have the ability to take a breath, assess what is happening, and respond instead of react. The hard moment passes and you move on. Okay, moving on. Using imagination here, not so much recalling a memory. Could you imagine what your life would look like if you gave into 90% of your impulses? How many times would you call in sick to work? How often would you yell at other people or at your kids? How much money would you spend? What bad habits would take a hold of you? What relationships would you have stayed in too long? Or would you have left too quickly? Who would still be in your life after all of this? In this imagined situation, what are the consequences of your impulsivity? And If left unchecked, where does it lead? Now, lastly, how would it feel if I told you, you have to live every day like this, acting on your every whim, anxious, overwhelmed, out of control. How does that make you feel? Thank you so much for taking that journey with me. I'd like to just ask you to allow yourself to come back into the space that you're in. Again, know that you're safe. And I'll just move on here as you let your any unsettled feelings sort of wash away with your breath. So... I created that little meditation because I often feel like a passenger to the vehicle of my being. I don't have access to the driver's seat. I'm watching myself take part in or do things that don't feel attuned with who I am, and yet I can't stop. FASD is like living with this 24-7 always just waiting to behave in some weird way or say some weird thing. Waiting to be triggered by a sound or smell or a tag on my clothing. Wanting to take part in things and not being able to. Not being able to hold a job. Constantly wondering what people are thinking about me. Constantly explaining myself or advocating for basic human rights. I am burnt out. 
It is hard to live with the physical, mental, and emotional limitations of a body in a society that promotes hustle culture and continues to get more expensive without raising things like financial disability support. I have been bounced around the mental health care system for as long as I can remember. I've been diagnosed with bipolar, borderline, seasonal affective disorder, generalized anxiety, depression, complex PTSD, and I've been judged as an addict. All of these labels have been damaging to my sense of identity and exhausting to keep up with, mostly because while I was experiencing all of this for so long, at the same time, I was also trying to hide it for fear of not being accepted or considered normal. It's not all bad. Receiving a diagnosis for FASD helped me to understand myself, so I don't hate myself anymore, which has really been great. I'm not always frustrated with the limitations I experience. I no longer feel ashamed of my life or how it might look on the outside. More often than not, I am able to respond rather than react. It's been quite a learning Diagnosis helped me to access the driver's seat of my metaphorical car. Not only that, but also to do some repairs that were necessary for longevity. I am positive that I wouldn't be where I am today without a diagnosis and weekly therapy from a specialist in this field, Miss Angela Geddes. She's actually the best human I've ever met. I believe it is essential that information on PAE and FASD be flooded in doctors' offices and schools. I'd just like to end here with a thank you for not only giving me time to speak, but to each and every one of you who have chosen to be here in this program, to anyone listening, to anyone organizing this information and spreading it and being compassionate and a safe landing space for other people. Thank you. Your impact is rippling out, and it's already making such a big difference. So keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope that this conversation continues around your kitchen table. With many thanks, Angela. Angela.